This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a weekly show where we learn what it means to rise above the human condition. We hope the conversation today is just what you need for the week ahead. then welcome back everybody to the transcend human podcast great to have you with us october 3rd 2022 so this morning i can't really say it's a beautiful sunny day here in southern california because it is so early uh we're talking the six o'clock hour no sun yet to speak of it is dark it is quiet but that's the way i like it so glad to have you with us um no real housekeeping stuff this morning, uh, other than to just keep reminding you that uh, at some point here, Tammy and I are going to start our series on fostering. Um, I've talked to her, I've determined that we can do it, and it's just a matter of sitting down and knocking out the first one. So look for that here in the next week or two. Um, can't wait for that. It's always fun having her back on the show, so that is on the way. Minute of transparency for this morning. I'll just call it brainwashed living. So have you ever looked back on your life and thought things like, wow, I can't believe I thought that, or oh my, I can't believe I behaved that way, or good grief, I can't believe we all believe that about the world. Again, is it just me? or do most people experience this? For me, there's a lot of religious baggage involved. I was raised in a very traditional Christian home with a legalistic view on life, so many of the things that I'm referring to come from a place like that. I thought things, believed things, was taught things, and behaved in ways that I now view as either wrong or slightly misguided most related to my religious upbringing, but there were some based on what I would consider cultural brainwashing, uh, basically a negative side effect of growing up in a country with systemic racism as a constant plot, an underlying plot to our story. So what am I talking about? Well, I grew up on some level afraid of black men. Why? Why not? It wasn't my parents that taught me this. It was the culture. It was TV, movies, music, and probably the most significant, the nightly news. I grew up hearing news stories about crime, criminals, burglaries, drug busts, shootings, rape. And you guessed it, the majority of the people committing these crimes didn't look like me. So as a kid, believing that the news wouldn't lie or mislead or selectively report on certain stories... I was convinced that you had to be careful around black people. Now, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, don't find yourself walking down a dark alley at night. For me, my perception of that scenario and why it could be dangerous is that there could be black men, probably gangbangers hanging out there somewhere wanting to do me harm. Now, to be honest, my parents probably didn't walk, want me walking down dark alleys at night in a city anywhere. It was less about the color of the person and more about the behavior of people in big cities late at night. After all, it was a white man that robbed and killed Batman's parents in the alley behind the theater, right? 
But for me as a young kid, I had just linked the idea of danger with the cultural portrayal of the black criminal element. Now, This is not fun to admit in any way, shape, or form. In fact, there's a part of me that's deeply embarrassed to admit that that was a part of me at all. But just as I'm embarrassed about my years of drinking and a willingness to talk about it because I know that there's somebody out there that it'll help, so too these thoughts and beliefs were part of the cultural propaganda that we're only recently beginning to see clearly. Truth be told, this country doesn't have a stellar past when it comes to inclusion. From the invasion of the white man and the removal of indigenous peoples to the white supremacy that had to exist on some level in order to purchase slaves, to the fears of white people when the slaves were emancipated, to the rise of eugenics in this country, to every small cultural, vocational, and governmental barrier created to keep black people and ultimately all minorities that we fear, from getting a foothold in our society. Of course, this isn't popular, right? People don't want to hear this. People want to erase the past and focus on how amazing our country is, all the while discounting the fact that we've done some really terrible things. So me talking about my embarrassing past is the least I can do to atone for some of the things that our country has done. To admit that I was caught up in it and that it took years for me to fully understand my brainwashing and attempt to live differently moving forward. Today, I'm ashamed that I live in that world at all and that I lived there for as long as I did. But I now have a new worldview and I work hard every day to see the world with a neutral filter, attempting to view everyone as equal, equally good and equally capable of doing terrible things. As a family, we sat down the other day and watched the first three episodes of Dahmer, the miniseries on the life of Jeffrey Dahmer. If you're easily offended, I would not recommend this show. But it's a perfect example of the debased and inhumane things a white person is capable of. I previously watched the documentary on John Wayne Gacy. Similar impact. Think back to the majority of the serial killers in this country, and most of them are white male. Now, we know this intellectually, but why doesn't it change our view on walking down a dark alley? Today's topic, transcending perception. We're going to walk through three sections. First, rose-colored glasses. Two, we see what we see. And three, take off the glasses. Number one, rose-colored glasses. To be honest, this is very similar to episode 120, which is transcending assumptions but I feel I need to distinguish a little bit between the two. So to me, an assumption is a judgment we make about another person, place, or thing. And this judgment is based on the beliefs we have and the things that we were taught. But if we would just ask a few difficult, open-minded questions, we might not jump to the same conclusion. Perceptions, to me, are a bit more difficult to see. They say perception is reality, because research has shown that the impact our perceptions can have on our life is pretty amazing. Positive people can actually heal themselves faster from injuries. A negative person living in poverty will most likely remain in poverty. You know, things like that, because the way we view our world impacts the choices we make and the risks we take. The belief we have that we can actually impact our future. 
So to me, the way I look at it, our perceptions, or more specifically, our false perceptions can be very dangerous. But let's break it down even further. Um, I would suggest that we can view any situation in one of three ways. First, a realistic view of reality. We can see reality for what it is and act accordingly. Next, we have perceived view of reality. So this is seeing reality from a slightly distorted point of view and acting slightly inappropriately due to that perception. And finally, we have an enhanced perception of reality. And this is basically reading into things that have no proof, predicting the future or prejudging situations based on our perception, not reality. Obviously, the best scenario is the first one, right? Living in reality and seeing it correctly every time. However, I'm not sure anyone has the ability to do this consistently in every situation every time. The second isn't the best scenario, but probably where most of us live. Based on a distorted view of the world, we see things that aren't there and we believe things that aren't true. Now, this may not affect other people. It may not cause problems, but on some level, we're living a lie. For me, I actually had black friends. I viewed black people as equal to me, but that didn't change the fact that I believed the lie that there was a larger criminal element in the black community, one that I had to be wary of on some level. Now, the last one takes it to a whole new level because enhanced perception isn't just seeing reality in a slightly incorrect way in the moment. It's reading into things incorrectly. It's being prejudiced, racist, hating people on the other side of the aisle politically. It's taking our skewed view of the world and actually condemning people who don't see it the way that we do. Now, I probably don't need to explain this to anyone who has lived through the COVID pandemic. The political polarization, the conspiracy theories, and this move toward extremely polarized systems of belief like fascism. The good thing is that none of us or none of these worldviews is a life sentence. We don't have to live under these false perceptions forever. We're simply viewing the world through rose-colored glasses, and we can choose to take them off. The way that I did with my unfounded belief that black people are more dangerous than other people in some way. Being open to new ideas and having a willingness to confront the things that we were taught in the past allows us to remove the glasses and see the world the way it really is. And here's the truth. It isn't reality that changes. It's only our perception that is changing. The world stays as it is, right? History has happened and it happened in a very certain way. So the only thing capable of changing is the way we view those things. Number two. We see what we see. So let's get practical here by walking through a few examples of the way that our perceptions can alter our thinking and behaving. The first example for me hits home, really hits home. I'll just refer to this as driving glasses. So basically the glasses that we put on when we're on the road, right? When we're driving or how we view other drivers on the road or more importantly, how we perceive them to be thinking and behaving. So here's a situation, right? A driver doesn't realize that their highway exit is coming quickly. So he or she has to cross three lanes very quickly in order to make the exit. And of course, one of the lane changes cuts you off and forces you to slam on the brakes. 
Now, my immediate perception of the situation is that the person is an idiot, right? And that they probably did it on purpose, knowing that it would force me to break quickly. But here's the crazy thing. For me, my enhanced perception kicks in even earlier. Before the event even happens, I see the car put the blinker on and I predict what they're going to do. And there's a part of me that wants to close the gap between me and the person in front of me to keep them from making the lane change, right? Why? Because what I believe about the person, my perception, it's that they're lazy. It's that they're incapable of planning to get in the right lane ahead of time. And because of this, what they need to learn a lesson, right? They need to be taught how to drive responsibly. And this is how almost all incidents of road rage probably start. It's why people get flipped off. It's why people chase other people down and ultimately why some people will pull a gun on another driver. It all comes down to our perception and our enhanced perception of the other drivers on the road. When they are a bit off, we tend to behave in ways that aren't based in reality. I fell into this numerous times as a young person, as a young driver in college, uh, getting so mad at other drivers that I did dumb things and I often made a fool out of myself in those situations. My second example is a bit darker, so we'll just refer to this as political glasses. But these are the glasses we put on when we identify with a political party or a divisive political issue like abortion, gun rights, or gay marriage. Based on the type of the glasses we wear, uh, we can become overly involved and even aggressive toward other people because of the filter we're seeing through. It can cause us to spend countless hours on social media bashing those on the other side. And it can even lead to violent behavior toward people who don't believe the way we do. I think the January 6th riot kind of speaks for itself when it comes to that sort of behavior. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we all need to be middle-of-the-road pacifists. But there is a big difference between the Republicans and Democrats of the 60s and 70s and the extremism that we see today. Christian nationalists on the one end of the spectrum and on the extreme liberal left, they're actually entertaining pedophilia as a viable sexual preference. Unfortunately, social media has promoted these two ideologies as the predominant in our country, when that can't be farther from the truth. A massive part of this country lives in the middle of the road, centrist, if you will, left-leaning conservatives, right-leaning liberals. The people who identify with the extremes actually make up a very small percentage of the population. But don't underestimate the power behind these groups at the extremes, because the leaders of these extreme groups are made up of powerful and wealthy people, people in our government and large corporations that wield almost as much power as the government. Now, to wrap things up in this section, I want to be clear. These are just two examples, right? The example of driving and the example of politics. These are just two small examples of the way that our perceptions and our enhanced perceptions rule our thinking and behaving. But this concept exists in so many other ways, right? Our perceptions can drive the way we view other races, other genders, people in other religions, people from other countries, and even our view of the future, right? If we perceive the future as good, or if we can only see bad things happening in the future. So these are the issues that we have to face on a daily basis. Number three, taking off the glasses. So what does it look like to live a life without rose-colored glasses on, right? What does it take to really see reality for what it is? 
Well, the cautious part of me thinks that we may never get to this point, right? We may never fully understand the truth of what's happening in the world until God comes back and shows us. But in the little things, right, I do believe we can change. We can take off the glasses and we can see the world more clearly in many little areas of our life. For me, it happened with the whole race thing, right? Pushing back against the cultural propaganda and opening my mind to the possibility that I was lied to. And when I think through that, right, when I, when I look back and I think through what it took to come to that conclusion, I think it happened because of three very specific things. First is age. I mean, I can't discount the fact that age changes things as you grow, as you mature, as you see more and more of the world and how it works. You can't help but ask questions and challenge the status quo. You stop believing everything people taught you and you start thinking on your own. Uh, life experiences, especially very difficult ones like divorce, addiction, grief, and loss, all give you an enlightened view of the world around you. Number two would be deconstruction. So this is deconstruction in any form, in any area, but specifically to me was religious deconstruction. I know my religious upbringing had a major role in the way that I perceive the world. And the more I see, the more I believe that this applies to many people, right? The spiritual or religious things that we were taught as mandatory in life forced us to view the world differently. But over time, we started to question those beliefs, and we realized how limiting some of them really were. Again, not just me. There is a wave of deconstruction happening all over the world right now. Number three, rational thought. So the final way that I feel like I moved from perception to reality is by thinking differently. So we spent a number of episodes talking about this back when we did the conscience-driven therapy series. Uh, based on cognitive treatment modalities like cognitive behavioral therapy and rational emotive behavior therapy, the truth is that we all have a tendency to think irrationally. And there's a chance that we're thinking irrationally because of the way we're perceiving the situation or the world around us. So in order to think rationally about things, we need to challenge or dispute our beliefs. Once this step is done and we have a new rational set of beliefs in place, we should be a whole lot closer to the reality of the situation. And thinking rationally is the first step in removing negative emotions like depression, anxiety, and anger. Now, going back to my illustrations, right? Driving and politics. When I changed my beliefs about other drivers, I became a lot less disturbed as a driver. My tendency toward road rage eventually disappeared. And I've been able to enjoy my time in traffic a bit more than before. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have a twinge of road rage every now and then. But I can pretty quickly assess where it's coming from and deal with it right then and there. When I remember that I have cut people off many times, uh, I've made driving mistakes. I've failed to plan my next exit in advance. I'm able to give the other driver some grace. California has also helped me be a better driver with less anger. Now, that's counterintuitive, right? When you have millions of people on the roads, you would think that you would become even more enraged. But it's actually easier to give people the benefit of the doubt. You realize that we're all in this mess together, right? And we're just all trying to get to our next thing. And the same goes for politics, right? As we challenge some of the dogmatic beliefs that we were force-fed 
and we realize that we're all in this together, we're more able to view the reality of the situation. When we open our minds to the idea that we're all unique and we've all come from different places, we're more capable of listening to others versus shutting them down. We look for similarities in other people versus capitalizing on the few differences. So let's land the plane. First off, thank you so much for joining us again this week. I love doing this with you guys. Um, like I said, I'm still working on Tammy uh, to join me on the podcast. So we can work through some of the fostering stuff. I think I have her convinced, um, but just not sure how quickly we can get um, our first episode recorded. But hopefully we'll get that figured out here in the next week or two. Again, thanks for being here today to talk about perceptions and how they can jump up and bite us in the butt. Uh, This week, ask yourself the following questions. What are some perceptions that you grew up with that you've already changed? Number two, are there some areas in your life where you know you need to challenge the perceptions you have about something? And finally, what do you need to do this week to change those inaccurate perceptions? And that's it, folks. Thanks again. Uh, Absolutely love doing this with you each week. Until next time, everyone, have a great week. And as always, keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. If you're interested in the show notes for this episode, head on over to transcendhuman.com forward slash podcast and navigate to the episode you're looking for. On the website, you'll also find blog posts, podcast series, and other helpful resources to help you navigate the Transcend Human ecosystem. You'll also find links to our social media channels, And as always, if you have questions, feel free to contact us at info at transcendhuman.com. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you back here on Monday morning.